As we continue to worship together, let's open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to the word of God today. We'll be reflecting on scripture from the book of James, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. What is the source of conflict among you? What's the source of your disputes? Don't they come from your cravings that are at war in your own lives? You long for something you don't have, so you commit murder. You're jealous for something you can't get, so you struggle and fight. You don't have because you don't ask. You ask and don't have because you ask with evil intentions to waste it on your own cravings. You unfaithful people, don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Or do you suppose that scripture is meaningless? Doesn't God long for our faithfulness in the life he has given to us? But he gives us more grace. This is why it says, God stands against the proud but favors the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cry out in sorrow, mourn and weep. Let your laughter become mourning and your joy become sadness. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. Have you ever wondered why we, we humans seem to live in constant conflict? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, we all have people in our lives that, that have a habit of being surrounded by conflict. You know, these friends have a preoccupation with placing blame on other people. Uh, they have that all or nothing kind of mindset and have a tough time uh, dealing with their emotions. They seem to make it their life goal to make everyone around them miserable. Uh, if, if you don't have someone like that around you in your life, uh, you might be that someone. <laughs> now, the truth is, is that we all are that someone, right? From time to time, we all are just embattled in conflict. Psychologist Bill Eddy in his book, It's All Your Fault, says that people who are entangled in unhealthy conflict are dealing with grief. Uh, they're not able to get uh, away from their past or let go of their past. They struggle with, with not having things just the way they want them. You know, as we uh, continue in this study of the letter of James wrote to those Jesus followers all those years ago, we see a group of people who are having trouble letting go of their former lives. They have this new life in Jesus, yet they keep falling back into their old habits. 
Uh, I've been saying all throughout the series, they, they live with one foot in the world and, and one foot in the Jesus movement. And man, are we just like them. We, we treat Jesus like our team colors. Uh, we, we wear them to the game so everyone will know who we root for. And then during the week, we, we put them aside to make sure people don't brand us as fanatics. <laughs> it's the same way with God. James is encouraging people to keep their Jesus colors on at all times. He's showing us how we can embody the way of Jesus. James is making the argument that it's the conflict that we have in our life, the conflict comes from keeping that one foot in the world. Uh, for those of you who haven't been with us on this journey of James, I want to remind you that, that James isn't this great theological work. James is not trying to explain the mysteries of God. In fact, James is a bit unimpressed with knowledge, right? Knowledge, you know, you know your multiplication tables, you know your dates in history, you know uh, the periodic table of elements. That's knowledge, you learn it at school. It's book learning. James falls more under the umbrella of wisdom literature. And wisdom was an extremely important concept in the Old and the New Covenant writings. In the Old Testament, we have these beautiful works like Proverbs in Ecclesiastes, and then in the New Testament, it speaks of wisdom as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Proverbs describes wisdom as a living person, an extension of God. James is concerned with a lack of wisdom among the believers. For James, wisdom is something that needs to be nourished uh, and it has to be demonstrated in how we live our life. It, it would be safe to say that James would tell you that you do not have wisdom if it doesn't affect how you live. In fact, I've been using this uh, Verse James 1.22 as a theme throughout the series. I probably should have made it a memory verse. So in that spirit, let's say this all together. Uh, you must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Uh, my, my daughter Hannah told me one day after church, she said, um, you know, you really should have got the Home Depot to sponsor uh, this sermon series, and I thought about that, and I said, James, brought to you by the Home Depot, doers, get more done. I think she was right. I don't know that they would have sponsored us, but it would have been fun. Our text today brings us to the reason why we have so much conflict in our lives. We have conflict because 
we often follow the wisdom of the world instead of the wisdom of God. And James kind of highlights three things that we all tend to struggle with in our Christian life. We struggle uh, in our hearts. We struggle with uh, our fellow church people. <laughs> and we struggle with God. Uh, James 4.1, he says, What is the source of conflict among you? What's the source of your disputes? Don't they come from your cravings that are at war in your own lives? James is talking about that inner struggle that affects us all. That inner struggle between good and evil, between what is right and what is wrong. Do we follow the understanding of the world or do we incorporate into our lives how Jesus taught us to live? Do you fight to hold on to the past or do you embrace a new life that's given to you in Christ? Uh, James goes on to say, you long for something you don't have so you commit murder. You are jealous of something you can't get so you struggle and fight. He's simply saying that we have conflict with each other because we have a habit of focusing on what we do not have. Now, it would be really easy for us to dismiss that verse because there's not too many of us out there that are going around committing murder because we want something that someone has. But that's not what James is getting at here. James is getting at that that us humans, when we want something, we'll destroy someone else to get it. Throughout the Holy Scriptures, longing for something you don't have is seen as a barrier to growing in your spiritual life. After all, uh, it was one of the original Ten Commandments that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai, do not desire and try to take your neighbor's house. Do not desire and try to take your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. You know, you can also find these kind of warnings in the New Testament scriptures of Mark. And Paul alludes to it twice in the letter to the Romans. It's a serious spiritual issue because it harms ourself and it harms other people. James talks about struggles that we have with God. James says, man, only James, right? You unfaithful people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. You know, in the, in the New Testament world, the, in the New Testament time, the world was seen as a hostile place, a place that continually tried to lure people away from the way of Jesus, a place where it's easy for people to give in to worldliness, so to speak, rather than following Jesus. 
Uh, I've been saying all throughout this that, that we, we try to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the Jesus movement, but James says it a lot harder than I do. James says that when we keep one foot in the world, we're enemies of God. He says, you unfaithful people. Which in the Greek, this, this word points to adultery, which shows, I think, the seriousness of which James was trying to encourage the people not to choose the world. Our only hope, and there is hope, is redemption through Jesus Christ. Embracing God's wisdom, not the world's, is how we become doers of the word and not just hearers. It's how we give Jesus our best. So, it's not about how much we know that makes us wise. It's not about how many disciple classes you've taken over the years. It's not your education level that makes you wise. What proves out our wisdom is how we live our life. James is writing to these new Jesus followers to help them understand that they can become the person that God knows they can be. He's showing them how to bridge that gap. In verse 8, James says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Uh, you know, we understand this as doing the things that, that helps us get closer to God. Uh, it requires a, a, a conscious and intentional effort to come into God's presence. It, it requires us to make an effort to come and to worship with each other and to pray so that we can embody his way. Uh, for the first time in history, our nation's history, uh, the church, church attendance has fallen below 50% of the population. And you know what? That's not the most concerning part of that statistic to me in the study that I read. The most concerning part is it, is it has fallen 20 points since the year 2000. In the year 2000, church attendance was at 70% of the population, and now it's at 47 now, the church bears lots of responsibility in the reason for the decline in church attendance. The church's stubbornness to not change so that they can meet the needs of people contributes to that decline. And the church needs to own where we get it wrong. And I believe that we have the church here at Asbury who wants to do that and can set some of that right, at least for this community. Another part of this decline is our desire to keep that one foot in the world. As each year goes by, people are depending more on the world than they are on God. 
one of the best ways to come to God is through regular worship attendance with a community of believers together. 46% of people who attend church twice a month say that their life and faith is strengthened by worshiping together. Only 26% of people who come to church on the average of twice a year can say the same thing. I wonder what that percentage of people who come twice a month would be if they came every week. Would it double? Or of the people who never attend worship? James doesn't stop there. He takes it a little bit further. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, James is alluding to an ancient uh, purification ritual uh, in the Old Testament. In the ancient times, the Jewish community, uh, they had these interesting rituals for purification. It was kind of like a spiritual renewal. Uh, Imagine a symbolic bath for your soul, if you will. They believed that drawing near to God required some action on your part. It required an inner sense of purity, not just going through the motions. Uh, there was a special purification bath called the mikvah. Did I get that right? Was that close at all? Michael gave me a thumbs up, so I think he's just being, being nice. But, but this ritual bath was a symbolic journey of making a spiritual dirtiness clean and whole again. Um, We have conflict in our lives. Uh, We have conflict because we're not wise enough to change and live the way the world, uh, I'm sorry, we have conflict because we're stubborn and we don't change and live the way God wants us to live and we continue the way the world wants us to live. That's what he's getting at when he says, wash your hands, purify your hearts. He's saying, change how you live your life. Uh, the remedy is simple, but, it, but it's not easy, is it? To actually change requires a great bit of effort on your part. And you know, in our tradition still today, in our ritual of baptism, uh, we're remembering that God can wipe all of our sins clean. That God is the wisdom that we should follow, that we should plant both of our feet firmly with Jesus. At baptism, we promise to live life in Jesus together as the people of God, encouraging each other every step of the way. At baptism, we're saying we're gonna follow God's wisdom, not the world's. Our text today uh, ends with verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, 
and he will lift you up. Uh, Humility, it's a tough thing to hold on to if you don't have it, or especially if you don't want it. Uh, We might be like the people James was writing to and saying, we're fine, we're humble enough. It's those people over there who need to be humble. The, the problem with that kind of thinking as, as Methodist people is, is that we believe in free will. We believe that we have a choice. We believe that everyone who ever existed, who exists now, or whoever will exist, is loved and valued by God. We believe that when people don't have a relationship with God, it's because they have chosen not to have a relationship with him. We don't believe that people are out of relationship with God because they were never invited to the table in the first place. James is teaching us to humble ourselves, to admit we might have it wrong. (laughs) And to wash our hands and purify our hearts. Uh, We believe that wisdom doesn't come from school. (laughs) We believe that wisdom comes from life. And God's wisdom comes from us observing how life is happening and asking the questions. What what makes for flourishing? What makes for peace? On the other hand, what is causing instability? What, What tears people down? What works in life? This morning we have a choice to make. Are we going to follow the wisdom of God or are we going to follow the wisdom of the world? In other words, are we going to be doers of the word or are we just going to be hearers who mislead themselves? Let's pray. Oh God, as we come to to you this morning, we ask that you help us to humble ourselves, to look where we are getting it wrong so that we can have the wisdom to follow you and shine your light. In Jesus' name, amen.